Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We love you, and we have a little gift for you as you exit at the end of the service as well. Right now, we are in a series, a year-long series, and the question that we're asking ourselves is, do I trust God? And as we've talked about since January, there's every area of our life that um, can be answered through the filter of that question, do I trust God in every area of my life? Right now, we are in a mini-series talking about trusting God in our work. And I want to say, just as, as we start, when we're talking about work, most of us think of a, a part-time or a full-time job, but for our definition and our purposes in this series, work is anything that we do for a chunk of our day, whether it be at home, whether it be at work, whether it's on property, whatever that might be, that's the definition of work that we're going to, so, or that we're um, talking about. So that affects all of us, because we all do some sort of work um, every day, except for one day. And that's what I'm gonna be talking to you about today. We're gonna be talking about the Sabbath today. And last week, Mark kicked off our series, and we learned that God designed work, that it is good. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it says that God saw all that he had made, and it was not just good, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning that sixth day. So God saw all the work that he had done and he called it good. So work can be, and actually the way God designed it, work is good. Not just good, but very good. Work is designed to be good. Here's the time when it becomes not so good. Okay, this is the time when it work is not so good, when it loses the original intent that God gave it, just like anything else. When things lose the original intent, then that's when it's not like how God designed it. And I was thinking about this this week and thought, you know, there are two words that show when our work isn't good. And the first one is when we become idle, I-D-L-E, idle in our work. Or when work becomes an idol, I-D-O-L. Either one of those is when work is not good anymore. When we're not working, when we're lazy and not doing what God's asked us to do and not taking care of what he's put in front of us. Don't get, I'm not talking about a works mentality here. I think you guys all understand that, right? It's just God's given us something to do and when we choose not to do it, we're idle. Or on the other side of that coin, the other extreme, something that I think that many of us can relate to in our culture, is when work becomes our idol, I-D-O-L. When we choose to allow work to be what defines us and what gives us our um, total fulfillment and purpose in life. Neither of those is what God had in mind. And God has given us a rhythm in life so that work doesn't become that idol, I-D-O-L. So I want to continue where Pastor Mark left off last week in Genesis chapter 2. This is still part of the creation story, and that is very important for us to note. And this is Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and it says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so... On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. 
And I want to just stop right here and say a quick prayer. So thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you for the truth in your word. Thank you that the truth of your word is for all generations. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to be in our midst, to be talking to us, to be speaking to us. Open our ears, remove distractions, and speak what you want us to hear. And we pray these things in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. Amen. So here we see at the end of the creation account, and even if you look in your Bible, Genesis 2, 1 through 3, even though God has stopped working, it's still part of the creation account. And I think that that's very interesting and fascinating that rest was part of the job that God had done. We see here that God rested. And if you look at the original Hebrew language for that word rest, it means to cease. And cease means to bring or come to an end. So there was a stopping, there was a ceasing, and it resulted in rest. Now, a couple weeks ago, we asked you to do a survey about work because we wanted the messages that we shared to be a blessing and to be helpful. And some of the questions a few of you put on there was, how do I balance my work, my life, my family, and God? How do I balance all of that? And I think that that's a really relatable question, isn't it? We've probably all thought of that or are experiencing that right now. And I want to say that balance is not always achievable. Perfect balance in life is not always achievable. But rhythms are. And God, in his goodness, made a plan for rhythms in our life in regards to our work. And that's what we're talking about today. This plan that God created from the very beginning that we see right here in Genesis 2, this plan was designed very specifically and very intentionally to keep God's people whole and healthy. How many want to live a whole and healthy life? (laughs) I know I sure do. I want to be whole and healthy spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and physically. And God made a plan for that. And this rhythm, this intentional plan was called Sabbath. And this rhythm was so important to God that he made it part of his top 10 list, also known as the Ten Commandments. (laughs) So in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, this is God speaking, and he is giving his top 10 list to his people, and and he says, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." From these verses here, we can see the main purpose of the Sabbath. And what that is, is rest. The main purpose of the Sabbath day is rest. Verse 10 says, you shall not do any work. Verse 11 says, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And God commanded his people then, and also us today, his people throughout all generations, to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, when we look at that word remember, 
Its original meaning doesn't just mean to keep it in mind, like, oh, I need to remember that. It actually means to remember, to observe, or to commemorate. So we're not just keeping it in our mind, we're doing it. We're observing it, we're commemorating it. And the Sabbath was designed to be a really, really special day each week that was commemorated, even celebrated, within community. And so God asks us to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And to keep something holy means that it's set apart. Six days were for work. One day is a set-apart day, a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's a day of rest that we do in honor of him. And so that makes a lot of sense that if it's a day set apart for him, that it makes sense we would intentionally focus on him during that day. Most people, if you listen to um, different messages or sermons about rest, most people narrow it down to two things, rest and worship. That Sabbath is a day for rest and it's a day for worship. But really, rest is a gift from God. And, you know, Pastor Mark, at the end of our worship time, had us focus on the goodness of God. And I want to carry that on through this message, that throughout um, this message, we see that this is a gift from God. Sabbath rest was meant to be a gift from God. And it comes from being in relationship with him. If we look at this scripture of the Ten Commandments in the context They were given to the Israelites shortly after they were delivered from slavery in Egypt. So they they were in slavery, and God delivered them, brought them out, and then shortly after that, he gives them these commandments. And he gave these commandments so that they would know how to live in freedom, because they they hadn't lived in freedom for for many, many, many years they had lived in bondage that came through slavery. And God's saying, here, I'm, I'm giving you these Ten Commandments because I want to show you what it looks like to live in freedom. And so in this context, the Sabbath, one day to rest, was something new that the Israelites didn't have while they were in slavery. Because even though that was a part of, of um, their religion before slavery, their relationship with God, I should say, when they were slaves in Egypt, a rest day wasn't an option. They couldn't say to the Pharaoh, excuse me, we're taking a day off, stop making bricks so that we can um, rest and and worship God. That wasn't an option for Pharaoh and his building campaign. He had a completely different idea. So God, when he said uh, there's a day of rest, he wanted them to remember that he delivered them from slavery by giving them a day to rest. And God still today does not desire for his people to be enslaved to their work. He gives a day of rest as a gift to his people. And because God wanted his people to be gracious to those who worked for them as well, verse 10 in Exodus 20 says that no one is supposed to work on the Sabbath, and all the kids who don't like doing chores said, amen. There's one day a week that God says, I don't have to be doing these chores, mom and dad, right? So, (laughs) the Sabbath is meant to be a blessed day. At the end of verse 11, it says he blessed it and made it holy. And it's a blessed day because it's a set-apart day, a, different, a day that's different from all the other days of the week, a day each week to look forward to. Now, 
as I look out here, I see that we all have different schedules. Some of us work full time. Some of us have land to take care of. Some of us moms are thinking, okay, how, how are my kids going to survive if I'm taking a, a break one day a week? Um, and some of us, we, we work on a, the weekend. Some of us work many, many hours. And let me just say from the outset here that Sabbath is a really personal thing between us and God. And he, there's different seasons for each of us. The important thing, though, is the basics, which is rest, right? And so that's going to look different for each of us. And it's going to look different for us in different seasons of life. Um, but I'm here to tell you it's a good gift from God and something that we want to um, integrate into our life. I've been reading this book. It's called The Deeply Formed Life, and it's by Rich Velotis. And it's, um, the subtitle is Five Transformative Values to Root Us in the Way of Jesus. And I've really, over the years, been trying to... to figure out how to honor God on Sabbath. Obviously, Mark and I, most people think of the Sabbath, Sabbath being on Sunday. Some traditional people will think of it on Saturday. But what happens when you work on the day that is meant to be a day of rest? And that's been a lifelong question <laughs> that Mark and I have tried to answer. And sometimes we've done good with that, sometimes not so good. We're in an upswing of really trying to focus on taking a day of rest right now. And so I wanted to share just a few things with you that I've learned from this book that, that he has in his book about what Sabbath is and what it is not. So first of all, Sabbath is not a reward for hard work. It's not like if you eat all your dinner, then you get dessert type of situation. That's not what we're talking about here. It's not that if you exhaust yourself by working hard for six days, then you get to rest on the seventh day. That's not what we're talking about. That's not how the Sabbath works. It's not something that we have to earn. And someone needs to hear that this morning, that a day of rest is not something that you have to earn. It's a gift of, from God to you. And that's, the, that's what it is, plain and simple. Secondly, Sabbath is a reminder that our work remains incomplete. Because the Sabbath comes around once every week, there will always be something left undone. There will always be something on your to-do list that you didn't get to, for those of you who like to make to-do lists, um, or something waiting for you to work on again after the Sabbath is over. It's like those cooking shows on the Food Network when, where the con contestants have to stop working on their desserts when the timer goes off, and they have no choice but, right, they, they put their hands up and they step away. <laughs> and that's what Sabbath is meant to be for us, a time where we say, okay, I'm done working, I'm putting my hands up, and I'm stepping away. Work will always be there, right? Work will always be there. It will still be there when the Sabbath is over. We too can put our hands up and walk away from work. And guess what? The world will keep on spinning, and God remains in control and can take care of things even when we're not taking care of them. And that is really actually oddly freeing to me. After you get over it, you're like, okay, all right, I can let go, I can let God be in control. Thirdly, Sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence. The Sabbath is a day of present, presence, a day to be present to God, a day to be present to others, a day to be present to creation and even present to ourselves. 
We keep the Sabbath so that we resist the idol, I-D-O-L, of production. We are more than what we produce. We are human beings, not human doings. (laughs) Sabbath is not just a rest from making things. Rich Velotis says it's rest from the need to make something of ourselves. And I'm going to say that again. Sabbath is not just a rest from making things. It's rest from the need to make something of ourselves. And then finally, Sabbath points us to the deeper rest that we need. There's a quality of rest that we need that's even deeper than just ceasing from work and taking a day off every day, a day of rest. The quality of rest that we truly need down deep in our spirits is from God alone. It's the kind of rest that God alone can offer us. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are biblical and practical reasons why we take a Sabbath each week. The biblical reasons are because God modeled it, right? We saw it here in Genesis chapter 2. God rested from the work that he had done. And as his followers, we do what God did. Also, God commanded it, right? It's very interesting to me that in our society, the fourth commandment, this this commandment to take a day of rest, is probably the only commandment that we, and I even mean we in the church, almost pride ourselves in breaking because production is so valued in our culture. And so all these other Ten Commandments, you know, if we murdered someone, we'd be like, oh my gosh, I I can't believe I did. I mean, that's a big deal, right? But how often do we not take a day to rest? And it's almost like pat yourself on the back because that means you're really getting after it, right? That really means that you're hustling in life. That's not the design that God had for us. About a year ago, I met up with a couple of our young adults, um, and they were going through the book of Mark. And what they were doing is, as they were reading through the book of Mark together, they started highlighting any questions that they had for me, and then we'd meet up and talk through the questions, and then they'd read some more, and it was a really fun practice for both of us. And one of the questions that they came to me with was, Kate, in the Gospel of Mark... There are a lot of references to the Sabbath. How come we don't hear a lot about that? And how come we don't talk about the Sabbath at Cheney Faith Center? I was like, whoa, ouch. (laughs) That was a really good question there, Nicole and Whitney. Thank you very much. There are practical reasons why we take a Sabbath as well. Obviously, the biblical reasons stand alone. And as Christ followers um, who live according to his word, that's reason enough to take it, to take a Sabbath, to have a day of rest each week. However, there are some really practical reasons for taking a Sabbath as well. First of all, our, our hurried pace results in fatigue. Has anyone felt fatigued 
in your physical body lately? Because we push our physical bodies to the limit. We go, go, go. Another reason why Sabbath is a really practical, um, good idea is because in this information age, we are endlessly bombarded with information through our devices, right? We can get information very, very quickly. We are endlessly bombarded with information. And that results in mental fatigue. Has anyone felt mental fatigue lately? And ultimately, we experience fatigue in our souls, our spirits, that inner part of us, because we have no margin in life. There's no margin in our lives to connect with God, to connect with his creation, or to connect with each other. In 2005, National Geographic published the findings of scientists funded in part by the U.S. National Institute on Aging, and they traveled around the globe to learn the secrets of longevity from populations that had high rates of people who lived to be 100 years old or older. And these people lived to be that age. They had few deadly diseases and more healthy years of life. So these were people who were very, very healthy and lived a long life because of how healthy they were. Now, among them were some Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California. And scientists pointed to Adventists' practice of Sabbath as one of the reasons for their good health. An earlier study found the average Adventist lived four to ten years longer than the average Californian. And a more recent 2014 study at the Loma Linda University Adventist School there in Southern California looked at the correlation between Sabbath-keeping and mental health and well-being. And according to their research, refraining from secular activities on Sabbath was associated with better mental health and better physical health. So it looks like God knew what he was doing when he said, take one day and rest. Most importantly, though, for our purposes here today, we have a year-long question, like I mentioned at the beginning. Do I trust God? And taking a Sabbath, when you really boil it down to its root um, issue, is do I trust God enough to stop my paid and unpaid work for one day each week? Do I trust God enough to stop my paid and unpaid work for one day each week? And it boils down to who do I truly believe to be in control? Is it me (laughs) or is it God? Because trust is about control, right? We can trust someone. When we trust someone, we give up control and, and we trust them. So the question for us then today is who or what is the source of my provision? Who or what is the source of my purpose? Who or what is the source of my meaning in life? Is it my paycheck? Is it my ability to work? Is it the frantic pace I am keeping everything juggling in the air? Is that where I put, you know, my my trust and my source? Or is it God? Sabbath keeping, keeping the Sabbath, observing it, commemorating it, doing it one day a week, that's a phrase called Sabbath keeping, and it is a practice. 
It's something that we have to learn how to do, especially, I believe, in this hurry-scurry society that we find ourselves in. Sabbath is a practice that we're going to learn have to learn how to do. And also, like I mentioned before, it's a really deeply personal rhythm between you and God. And it will morph and change depending on what season of life you are in. And it is a practice that you learn how to do by repeatedly doing it. You know, when you learn to play the piano, you don't just one day become, unless you're like incredibly gifted, you don't just one day start playing some sort of concerto. <laughs> you practice regularly, and that's how you get to, to um, be an amazing piano player. That's the same thing with Sabbath. It, it's something that we practice, that we put into practice by repeatedly doing that. With all of that being said, I didn't want this to just be like, this is how you do it type thing, but I do feel like there's a few things that I think would be helpful for us as we're considering um, taking a day to rest, taking a day to focus on God. And so we have just a few things up on the screen that I think would be helpful as we start. So first of all, to truly understand in its original context, and this is a good goal for us to work towards, Sabbath is a 24-hour period of rest from all paid and unpaid work. The only exception is the meeting of daily physical needs for yourself, your children, or your animals. (laughs) So yes to feeding people and animals, (laughs) but no to laundry and chores, okay? That's the distinction there. Because the Sabbath was a day set apart for the Lord, remember he said he set it apart to make it holy, many people, and I think this is a great idea, many people keep the Sabbath on Sunday. Or like I said in some traditions, Saturday. Sundays are a really great day for Sabbath keeping because for many people, they're days that you don't work and it has worship built into it, right? We come here to church and we worship together and also there's nothing better in my opinion than a Sunday afternoon nap, right? (laughs) So Sunday is a really great day for Sabbath and I would encourage... If, if you're not, like if you're new to this whole Sabbath keeping thing, I would encourage you to start here with Sunday with worship and rest. Another thing that is wonderful about the Sabbath, because Sabbath was meant to be done in community, Sabbath is a great time to connect with God, but it's also a great time to connect with others, with your family, with, with um, extended family, with neighbors, whoever that might be that's in your life. And let me also say, that means like whoever is hosting a family get together, we're keeping it simple. We're feeding the family. We're inviting people to bring things for potluck style. We're not doing it all ourselves. And you can le- even leave the dishes in the sink for the next day, okay? Because we live in a society where there's so much information overload, another really freeing thing is to unplug from technology for that one day, for those 24 hours. That means either turning your phone off and setting it aside, which some people that gives you a panic attack just thinking about doing that, (laughs) or putting it on airplane mode, or putting it somewhere where it's not very accessible to you and leaving it and staying off of social media. That's a huge rest for your brain and for your mind, and it's even a huge rest for your soul and for your spirit. And then um, the final thing I want to share about that is just like the Israelites of old enslaved in Egypt, (laughs) 
our culture's fundamental identity is related to work, right? When you go to meet someone for the first time, what's one of the first questions after you find out their name? Yep. Yes. One time, that made me think of something kind of funny. I was a young pastor's wife here um, when we first moved here, and I went up to someone who was new, and I said, come here often, and then I realized that's not the right thing to say because that's like a pickup line. <laughs> that's not, that's, anyhow, yes. So we don't say come here often. We say, um, what do you do, right? That's how we identify ourselves. And we really don't have a clue of how to live any other way besides go, 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 work, 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 not stopping. So because that's the case, don't be surprised if when you start practicing Sabbath keeping, don't be surprised if you feel uncomfortable or depressed or anxious as you're learning to practice Sabbath. And I have a personal example of this. So recently, Mark and I... um, have talked about Sabbath and we need to, you know, make it a a more intentional, concrete rhythm in our life. And so we made the decision that one day a week, either Friday, which is our day off, or Saturday is going to be a Sabbath for 24 hours. And we're not going to be doing any work. And so when we made that, you know, recommitment, I thought for sure that Mark was going to have a much more difficult time with this than I would because he loves to work. And and that's, you know, he just loves it. Even when he's puttering around the house or whatever, even yesterday he had his tape measure on the side of his pocket for I don't I don't know why, but to do something, right? <laughs> and so I thought, "Oh gosh, this is going to be so great. I'm going to have a day of rest. Mark's really going to have a hard time with it, but I'm going to love it." Guess who had a really hard time with it? Not Mark. <laughs> And it wasn't because I was missing doing my church work. I can easily set that aside for 24 hours or longer. (laughs) But (laughs) it was the work around the house, the things that make me feel like the identity that I have, like keeping my house clean and creating a beautiful space for myself and for my family. I was just getting plain depressed, and I'm not normally a depressed person, (laughs) but a few weeks ago, it was the end of the Sabbath, and I was just like, this sucks. (laughs) This is not what I am wanting to do here. And so let me just say, don't be surprised as you learn to start keeping a Sabbath if you have some of that anxiety or that depression or you're like, I... That's how it's meant to be. It's meant to be you offer nothing except for rest. You offer nothing but opening up space for God to fill in your life. And how many know that when we create space for God, he's going to come and he's going to fill that. And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about Sabbath. Well, in closing, I want to just share with you a few resources. And by the way, um, If you don't get our church's email, it comes out every Wednesday, and it talks about what we're doing at the church and some encouraging resources, things like that. And if you want to receive that email, you can go to our website to sign up for that or go to the next steps and fill out a connection card, and we'll make sure that you get on that. And I say that because I'm going to be sharing these resources this week um, in that email. But Here's a few helpful resources that I have found in this Sabbath-keeping journey. The first one is a a podcast by 
a biblical teacher um, named Christy McClelland, and it's called Sabbath Celebration of Restoration. Another is a podcast by Annie F. Downs, where she interviewed John Mark Comer and talked with him about Sabbath. But John Mark Comer, um, he is the pastor of church in Portland called Bridgetown Church, and he had an eight-week series. And by the way, Mark, I think it would be really cool if we maybe address this another time, Sabbath, because this is just like a really basic message. But I think it's something that would really help us to trust God and and add as a rhythm to our life. Um, But to get a jump on that, feel free to check out that um, series. And then a couple books. The first one is Garden City, Work, Rest, and the Art of Being Human by John Mark Comer. And then Keeping the Sabbath Holy, not holy, H-O-L-Y, but holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y by Marva Dawn. As we wrap up, I I just want to share one final quote with you that I think really summarizes what I'm sharing today, and and that's this. This quote is by Emily Thompson, Thompson, and it says, Taking a Sabbath rest is an act of faith. It's a reminder that no matter what we do, God is in control. When we cease from pursuing our material goals for one day each week, we're saying, God... I trust you to maintain control while I spend this day focusing on you. I trust you to provide for my needs seven days a week, even if I only work for six of them. Regardless of how much money I could earn today or how much remains on my to-do list from last week, today I'm going to rest my mind and my body and bask in your presence. Isn't that just a beautiful description? It it shows the goodness of God. This morning when I woke up and just spent some time with Jesus, um, he led me to a couple verses that I just want to share about rest because he, that's, that's what he's about. That's what he's offering us. God is offering us rest in so, on so many levels on so many levels. And so um, Psalm 116.7 says, Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Isaiah 28.12, This is the resting place. Let the weary rest. This is the place of repose. (laughs) And then Jeremiah 6.16, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. This is an ancient path that God has created for his people. It's a path for us to walk on. It's a path for us to rest in. It's a gift that he has given us. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you that you are not a difficult taskmaster. You showed that when you delivered your people from Israel, I mean from Egypt, and you um, allowed them one day to rest, and they weren't used to that. But that was a gift that you gave them, and it's a gift that you give us as well. And Lord, I guess first of all, I just want to ask for forgiveness for... um, for not taking a day to rest, for not taking a day to focus on you in my own personal life. 
Thank you for what you're teaching me. Thank you for what you're teaching us about the gift of Sabbath. That we don't have to prove ourselves to you. We don't have to keep working to produce for you. That, that you just love us. And you are inviting us to take a day to rest. To rest our minds, to rest our bodies, to rest our souls and our spirits. And Sabbath was your good idea. And I pray that even though it's an ancient practice, that it would bring fresh life to us today and that each of us would just take some time today or this week to um, dialogue with you and, and maybe our spouse or someone else in our life to, to talk about what that might mean or look like for us to invent, to, for us to intentionally take a day to rest. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for everyone who was here today, and I pray that they would rest in your presence. Some walked in today carrying a heavy load, whether that was physically or relationally, mentally, emotionally, financially. And God, we just say that you are our source. For everything that is heavy, we get to roll that off of our shoulders and put it onto yours. And that's part of what Sabbath is as well, that you're going to keep working on things even when we take a, a time to rest from those things. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for being at Cheney Faith Center today. Moms, be sure to grab yourself a, a gift on your way out. Also, if you want to grab a baby bottle to fill up with coins or bills, that'd be awesome too. Thanks for being in church. Always remember that Jesus loves you very much, and so do Mark and I. Have a great day.